Oh man, y'all know what time it is. Tech Theonomy Tuesdays. We haven't had a lot of shows like this. Although, I'm happy for the ones we have had. Everybody inside of Spaces, you know what, it, what to do. I see you in there. Go ahead and hit the share button. This is going to be a really special show because I'm not by myself today. I love how you guys just pop in when it's time. Y'all don't waste no time getting involved. And everybody out there right now, I see you on Facebook. I see you on YouTube. What's up, y'all? And I see you on Twitter video. Oh, I just dead named. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to dead name you. X. There's X video, and then there's the spaces that we're doing. We're in both places. So everybody hit the share button. Hit the like button. And, and... This is going to be a great time for you to join the conversation. If you're concerned at all, and I think a lot of people are, pretty concerned about the direction that tech is going. I think it was three or four years ago, it was Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro had a little bit of a kind of back and forth on whether or not we should have self-driving cars. And it was really disappointing. Hey, what's up? I see you, Nic- what is Nicola. Okay. I can't see. I need glasses. Don't blame me, but I see you over there on Facebook. Um, and I usually find myself agreeing a lot with Tucker Carlson, but this time I thought he was really wrong. He said he would ban self-driving vehicles because it would put millions of people out of business. And I'm like, what kind of, what kind of fear do you have to have to think that human beings themselves, what's up young Flav? Um, the human beings themselves wouldn't adjust and adapt and mature and become better. Jason Cunningham, wait, from all the way back in Georgia at my church? What's up, my guy? It's good to see you. Or see that you're on YouTube. Good seeing you, brother. There's one of my elders back there in Georgia at my old church. So today I have about four different videos that we're going to walk through and we're going to talk about and we're going to work out this a worldview for Christians to think about tech. How do we deal with AI? How do we deal when we have trust issues? What's, what, do we, what do we do with this? Because it doesn't seem like many Christians have a worldview for this stuff. Uh, and so I've bought two people with me that I think are really good on this subject. One is Marcus Pittman of Lore TV, and has been my friend for a very long time. And the other one, is none other than the Honorable Jason Farley. Both of them happen to be from Lure. I just want to bring everybody up on speed. I, I made that connection happen. I ain't trying to brag enough, but you know I'm bragging. I made that connection happen. But before I bring those guys in, I want to talk to you about my favorite people of all, my sponsors. That's right. I love my sponsors. You know why? Because they get to make sure I get things like this. See this mug right here? This is lovely. This is a lovely mug. And it feels good. You know, most mugs... They're all the same. Let's just be honest. This one has a beveled end, and I know when you look at it, you get a little jealous, but you don't have to be jealous. You can go to newhearttreasures.com and get you one of these lovely things. Let me tell you something. It's like it put more caffeine in my coffee. I'm just going to tell you. It's like it put something extra is in here. I think it's because it's made with love. Hannah will take care of you. Hannah owns New Heart Treasures. She is a phenomenal um help to me because she gives me shirts and she gives me these nice mugs. But if you want to have something designed or made for your church, go over to newhearttreasures.com. She can help you with designs and something that's really lovely that she does. If you just need a prayer request, send them a message and they will pray for you. I know those folks over there. They're really good people and they help me do what I do here. So go and check them out. But without any further ado, Jason Farley, 
Marcus Pittman, my dudes, brothers from another mother, are here with me right now so we can talk about Tech Theonomy Tuesdays. What's up, y'all? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Marcus, you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Unmuted, but I'm here. Okay. Muted, but here. Okay. <laughs> so, the tech experts. Yeah, Darren Stead is here, too. What's up, Darren? Darren, I might call you out. All right. So, listen, I, I need everybody to go hit the share button, hit the like button, give me some engagement so we can continue this conversation. If you guys, um, yes, the Farley-Marcus <laughs> combo. That's right. Well, it'd be the Farley-Pittman <laughs> combo, but I'm not trying to correct you. So, so I guess there's this kind of, I didn't tell you guys to have an opening statement ready, uh, but... I've noticed, and maybe I should, I don't even know where you guys are on this. I mean, I think I know, but would you, would you guys ban dr- self-driving cars? Just wondering. No. I'm not a fascist. Okay. Okay. That's good. Wait, wait, <laughs> how, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Hold on. You can't just say that. How is, how is that fascism to make sure that other people have jobs? I don't know why that's fascist. Uh, it's fascism is the economic <laughs> system where corporations, certain corporations are given benefits by gov- using government power over against other corporations. So banning the development of technology to protect older um, older technologies and give them an advantage in a free market is fascism. You didn't answer the part about saving people's jobs, though. <laughs> so, well, wait, what's, well, well, because are I'm, you trying to make an emotional argument for fascism? Is that what you're doing? I'm just, I didn't, maybe. I, I, I mean, but it's serious. Though. Oh no, that, that was what that was Tucker Carlson's argument, right? He was technically yes. Yeah. Well, but but there is. Um, and by the way, guys, this is not just a conversation. I, with, I think it's. I, I think it's uh, actually awful. It's because you're saying that that person is only capable of driving cars or doing something a robot can do. Okay, we're, we're going to get there. So then here's what I want to okay. do. Here's what I want to do. I want to make sure. That- that's the equivalent of of subsidizing whale oil when gasoline is first invented. Okay. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want that. Okay, so here's the deal. If anybody wants to jump in on this conversation, they're more than welcome to. I'm, I'm going to open this up. But here's the rule. If you're going to jump in on this conversation, you're going to have to prove to me in one way or another that you have shared this show. <laughs> so I'm going to invite. I'm going to copy. And I'm going to put this in the chats. Um, boom. Inside of YouTube and Facebook, there is a link for the video if you want to come in and have this conversation with us. I need to take this same link. I'm going to put it on X uh, so that people on X, if they want to join in there, they can come in and join us there as well. But also on Spaces, if you're on Spaces and you want to jump in on this conversation, I just got the link going over to my Spaces. And I'm going to post this for you guys there. All right. If you guys want to jump in on Spaces, you know the deal on Spaces. You have to have had shared uh, this Spaces in order to be able to talk. So I, I want to start off. Let me share this real quick. Dude, How about I do a little music while I share this real quick? Um, so that way you guys don't get. Shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. I, I could sing you. No, don't, please. <laughs> All right. We're done. Okay. We're done. I don't need any more help. I got it. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so here's was that the whitest beatboxing you've ever heard? Uh, no, I've heard worse. Uh, <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not gonna lie to you. So here's the deal. I want to start off with the easy stuff because there's a lot of things floating around right now that are making people's cases that we better figure out how in the world we're gonna deal with 
this technology. One of them is stuff with war. Remember when the Ukrainian war broke off with Russia? There was all kinds of stories out there about this ace pilot that had five kills in one day or something like that. And nobody knew what they can trust for information anymore. And so this video here, I'm going to bring up. This video right here is a 3D rendering of a car that's on fire. I can't remember exactly from where, but everybody was sharing this. and said, guys, this is fake. And then they proved that it was fake by showing its original uh, form and setup. But when you see this, man, that lighting is good. I mean, there's stuff that's low budget films that don't look this good. And this is all AI generated. And so in a world now where you can't trust your own eyes as re- I mean, we used to be able to say, is, it, is it AI generated or is it made in unity uh, or unreal engine? It was made on unreal engine. Unreal engine. Yeah, so, yeah, thank you. Unreal, thank you. Unreal engine. Yeah, yeah. Unreal engine. But when you yeah. have, when you have something like that, what, what are the limits you need to put on something like this? Uh, you know, or can you put limits on this? How do you, how do you govern something like this? That's going to make some great video games. Why would you want to limit that? Well, because, <laughs> <laughs> and here's 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 why you would want to limit this because no one can believe any narrative anymore when you can do things like this oh they just blew up a building over in you know hamas let's just use the hospital they blew up the hospital here's video of them have blown up the hospital this is what it looks like now and the only evidence you have is the things that you see before you right there in that moment. And if you can't trust your own eyeballs, how can you make assessments on whether or not you need to be involved in the situation? I mean, I would make the argument I'm sure the monks made was that if everybody has a printing press, can't everybody make their own newspaper? Like, how do we trust? You know, that's what the Catholic Church was saying, right? Like, we, we can't have just anybody printing the Bible. They'll put errors in it, and then we won't know. So I think like like every step of technology, there's always the fear of, oh, no, now anybody can download Unreal Engine in their home and they can make these uh, video. They can make, I, I guess, because they're just videos now that look realistic and can be used for propaganda. Uh, but the truth is the government's doing that anyway. <laughs> right. I, I, I think I, I feel like the 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 best thing to do is to to decentralize it so everybody has access to the technology so everything's um, then, fake now no but everybody knows how to verify it B- because if if only the government has it there's mm. no way only the government can can verify it but if if uh you know you got 4chan looking through and analyzing every pixel <laughs> because they're you know experts in it i would much rather have that for verification, you know, just the crowd. I would rather, much rather have a, a capable crowd than just, you know, and I, look, the government's already got stuff way worse than, way more advanced than this anyway, right? Like Snowden, like, made that very clear <laughs> uh, several years ago. Um, so, and, you know, and then we know that um, Google is doing government contracts with the DOD for AI and all this other sort of stuff. So, um, you know, it's already happening. And, and, um, it, and it, this isn't the, it's not the first time we've dealt with the issue because the late 1800s, the Spanish American war was started with false newspaper reports. Right. Uh, and we, we ended up in a war because a newspaper lied about a, 
an attack by Spanish ships on an American ship out in the Gulf, and um, which turned out to not be true. But the war was already started by the time we it was it came out that that report wasn't true. So it's not the first time that we've we've dealt with this, and it's why we need really clear a clear understanding of both biblical justice and a biblical understanding of wh- how when do we get to say that we know something is true right Verif- say, say that last part again because i lost you just for a little bit oh why we need both a biblical understanding of justice and a biblical understanding of how we know something's true like what does it look like to have multiple witnesses and you know um the, I, I mean, when I, I got in a, a car wreck when I was a teenager and when they tried to bring in photographs as evidence that were blown up, that were expanded, they they got disallowed in court because um, they didn't believe that the technology to expand uh, or they, they didn't have a court ruling on whether or not the technology to expand the size of a picture kept its accuracy. Mm. And so they they had to pass this but they had they had photographs that you could allow in evidence you just had to prove that the um that the photographs were uh of the actual incident and then you could pass them around the jury so i mean this is something that we've been wrestling with both in law and in um war for a long time so um you know it's funny you say that i think there's a there's a different there's a mindset that's here i want to get to this a little more but there's a mindset of here that wants to run away from this and say we need to put limits on it and make sure that nobody else has it instead of saying how do we run to it so that we can verify it better. And I think, Marcus, I think you're really – that's making a really good point. I was, I was reading over in uh, Joshua, and the idea of deception is not a new idea, especially to war like you were saying, Jason. They deceived uh, – I can't remember what, what – I can't remember who it was, but they um, – oh, it wasn't AI uh, – can't remember who it was, but they ran up to the like they were going to fight. They came back. The guys in the in the the stronghold came after Israel. Israel fled. Then when Israel fled, they ran inside and and took the city and blew up smoke and fire. And when the bad guys saw that Israel had taken the city, they turned and went back. And then they Israel was able to trap them because they were inside and they were outside and came through. And their enemies fled all sorts of different ways. And I was thinking to myself, um, it's it's not. Using deception in war is not necessarily a bad thing. It's 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 okay to be able to do that. Um, the problem is not where it, when it comes to war, it comes to, uh, you know, anything. We you know uh, when people are people use deception on Amazon, and when you see a dress that they make it look like it's going to fit you like this, it's going to be cut like this. And that's really not the, the, the dress or the pants or the shoes. And then when you get them, be like, I don't want this. So, but th- if we have an ethic that comes back and, and disciplines those people who um, use deception uh, in a unlawful way, then we should be okay to deal with this. Um, I guess part here, I want to go, I want to move to this next video because there's there's so there's there's cyber deception you can't you don't know what you can trust you can't trust your news anymore because they're getting the stories wrong but they're not coming back and telling you so we have to and this is what i wanted to say with what marcus was talking about we have to run to these things in order to figure out okay how who in our circles who in um oh tim just popped in oh hi tim we'll we'll get you in a second who else is a source out there that we can trust to give us the truth on the issue and if and what we really have 
uh, what we really I was reading what Darren was saying. I think he's making a joke. What we really have is a lack of people in that field that we can trust. So, and think about it like this. When Tucker Carlson was at Fox News, we knew we couldn't trust hardly anybody else but Tucker. Right. Like we knew we knew we didn't trust Laura. I mean, she was, you know, we didn't trust Sean. Eh. But Tucker, because he was actually having the conversation, that all of us really wanted him to have. And so Tucker was able to garnish a, a following because he was telling the truth. And those things added up. We don't have people in this particular field right now. I think a strong Christian presence in this field where we can say they have a Christian ethic, they have a Christian worldview, and they have a duty to tell the truth. And so that's what I think a lot of people are afraid of. Instead of being afraid of the tech and what it can do, probably need more concerned about, hey, do we have our own folks involved with the we tech? We don't. Right? I'll tell you right now, we don't. Right. But, that, but I think— <laughs> we, but, don't. We, that, sold, we sold all our tech, right? We were like, you know, like whatever conservatives had ownership of— especially like early days, Silicon Valley, we already exited that, right? We already exited. We took our money um, and we gave it to the liberals. And now the liberals are running Google. The, the liberals are running Apple and, uh, you know, whatever other company. Um, but, you know, we made, I, I think dispensationalism had a lot to say in that too, I, I would argue too, because you want to just get your money now. Um, because, you know, the idea of great, great grandchildren later isn't really a feasible option. Um, and so we've just all built stuff and exited. And now we're in a situation where all the people who have all the technology, we, we can't trust. Yeah, we <laughs> give not it us that has it. Well, and, and this is what, you know, Jason, we talked the other day about priest, a priestly work and ha yeah. having priestly duties. This is just one of those areas where Christians have not functioned really well as priests and the other false worshipers have functioned really well being priests to their God with their tech, right? Yeah, that the, the, you're going to lift up whatever it is you're using to a God in how you use it. It's always, that that's always what you're doing. And um, so when you, when you're, when you are lifting it up to false gods, it's, you know, a, like a scalpel is a tool um, and you can use it to heal or you can use it to harm. Uh, and a lot of that comes down to what God are, are you serving the scalpel with? Mm. Um, so, yeah. And I think that's the same thing with tech. You know, we, we flee technology as if God doesn't have the ability to use it. Well, um, you, you that God can't guide us into the proper use of different technologies. And I think AI is exactly one of those technologies that it's going to have its proper use, um, and we're you just you know, we're we're still working it out. I, I would argue that if it exists, if the technology exists, then the gospel has gone out enough uh, for God to allow us to have the tech, mm. right? Because I don't think the tech would exist without God's permission, um, and and there's a lot of technology that didn't exist. Uh, until the gospel went out to a certain was was covered the world enough, um, and and I, I think I think okay, that's, that's really interesting. You might want to hold on because there's some other videos coming up that might okay. make you want to take that one back. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm just saying you might want to take eat that. Okay, so we're going we're going from easy to hard. So we got the the fake videos that are coming out. How to deal with that? That, that ethic. Really, it's the ethic points at this at, at this engagement. We don't retreat from it. We run to it, figure out how to verify it, 
use the technology, make sure it's not limited so that only the government has it, but everybody has it. And we have some sort of, would you say, like a, a, a form of blockchain that identifies whether or not this is real or not, you know? It might, it might be blockchain. It might just be, you know, just like, um, you know, antivirus software. I use Clean My Mac. Um, there's people actively trying to make viruses, and then there's people that are actively fighting it. And, you know, I, I pay, I don't know, 24 bucks a year, I think, to this group that is actively building antivirus software. I think we just need AI detection software that we support. Mm. All right. So this one's kind of cool. Did you know that you could turn a video into a completely photorealistic 3D world? This is going to change graphics forever. It's called 3D Gaussian splatting. The hell is that? Well, let me explain. It's a class of neural radiance field tech. It basically allows you to take a video, turn it into a series of pictures, and with those pictures, recreate that video into a richly detailed 3D world. What's so cool about that? Damn. You're hard to impress. Well, a lot. Let me give you two dope examples. One is for filmmaking. So capture a video of any environment, and if you want to change the angles of the shot later on, you have it in full 3D now, so no problem. It also makes for really unique VFX. The other is live event capture, like concerts or sports. Using this tech in the near future, imagine flying around a stadium and going wherever you want in real time. If you want to stay updated on the latest and greatest in tech content and culture, hit that follow. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Mm. Jason, you got. I didn't see that video. Did you send me that? I did see that video. That's nasty. I mean, I just, I by just default, I love that Joker, right? As a filmmaker, I love that. I think that's amazing. That was exactly my thought. Is oh man, I can't wait to get in there and tell a story with that technology, and even just the possibilities of of building a story world uh, in which people have you know it, it it almost can turn anything into a video game um uh, you know, where you can explore within the world you can pause watch a scene from multiple directions i'm in on that that sounds amazing well this is one of those technologies that the common man is able to get his hands on marcus and i used to do a show called sola gadgeta where we in 60 seconds went through all the new hot tech every day remember that <laughs> that show would be so crazy now it, with it, ai it like i don't be, even think we could even fathom ai when we were doing that no, show but this is this is this is one of the things one of the things that they had there was a camera that you could take a picture and in post choose your focus of your this was years ago and now that kind of technology has become just common uh, in a lot yeah. of phones and a lot I, of, and, and uh, yeah, I've got it in my hands. Shut up. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, you could do that with, uh, with cinema cinematic mode in on the iPhone. Now that's, that's insane. We were just, it's we, great. I mean, as a filmmaker, you have to work and develop the talents to be able to pull focus and whether or not you pull focus properly determines if the shot and that moment is ruined or it's amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. And to be able to not have to worry about that and just to point the camera and allow a person to be able to act their best out and to be able to control the lighting and post where you can put things at because of AI and be able to have a completely different angle on that person. Now the ability to communicate and tell stories has become greater and broader for the most for the more average person. And so nobody's limited anymore to like, oh, I don't have a producer. Oh, I don't have a graphics effects guy. Oh, I don't have, you don't have to complain about what you don't have anymore. You have this right at your fingertips. And I would argue that's why uh, I think 
the guys who learn how to use that technology to make low budget films um, outside of unions, outside of the Hollywood regulations that make the prices more expensive. The people that learn how to make stories cheaply using the tools that we have now are going to like, they're going to be the next storytellers of the generation. Okay. Anything else you want to add to that? Because there's so much I can say about that video. I mean, budget just got cheaper. You, it, it, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, 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 but everybody, okay, if you got a 15-year-old right now who just, who loves a show, you should encourage them to try and make their own. I really think so. If you have an iPhone or a phone at all, they're all really, encourage them to try and say, hey, I wonder if you can do that. What if you can tell a short story in 30 seconds? Do a beginning, do a middle, and do an end. And if you, if they find that they love that thing, the kind of filmmaker they will be in five years will blow us away. And the tools that they'll have, let me, there's a kid by the name, who, he's not a kid anymore, he's a man married with a bunch of kids. His name was Adrian Rink. Adrian, when I found Adrian, he was a homeschooler who was making his own films on Facebook years ago, back in 2010, maybe, when I found him. And he just had made bunches and bunches of videos, and he was using duct tape and his, making his own glass. And from it, this dude now is like, he's just amazing. In every way, he's amazing and knows every in and out of the industry. But taking those five years to develop that skill makes them a master at a lot younger age than we currently would have to. Most of the time when people got out of film school, then they got to spend another five years actually being practical about it um, and learn how to do it. And, and they really still aren't that good because they don't have access to money to be able to make their own films to be able to practice, to be able to fail over and over again. We get that now. We have social media platforms where 13-year-olds are making more money than all three of us put together. <laughs> That's Which is true. not that hard. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but but that's where I think it's going to come down to mm. who who actually develops the basics of storytelling and the, and that skill, right? Because the technology makes leaps and bounds like this, but the the principles of telling good stories don't change. What that's yeah, the, but you referenced that a lot too, Jason. You you're talking about uh, what's the the people that do this, the Barbie doll stories. Yeah. So we, well, we, we have one of the, I think strongest shows that we've been working with to develop is it's the, the medium is called toy play um, and which nobody takes seriously, but because it is a kind of puppetry where you can see the hands moving, moving the puppets. And so people think it's, they don't take the medium seriously, but we've, we've got these, that these, Folks, they started as kids in homeschool, like you were saying, developing and working on how to tell good stories. And so by the time they hit their late teens, um, early 20s, they're expert storytellers that go on that, that have gone on and made really some incredible, incredible uh, movies for uh, DreamWorks and Sony and do, done things that are incredible. And they started with the tech that they had in front of them, which was cameras on phones and and puppets that you know and the you know basically like toys and dolls that they used as puppets gi joe's um, and barbie dolls yeah gi joe's and barbie dolls and they made and but but you start watching them and you can't quit because by the time they started actually putting them out they were expert storytellers built telling these incredible stories and um they they the technology improvements made it 
cheaper for them to tell stories, but it was the years of studying and working at the craft of storytelling that made them experts. You know, they had their 10,000 hours in by the time they graduated high school. Uh, uh, Darren Stid just popped into here real quick, and I'm going to open it up. Darren, go ahead. What do you want to say, man? Yo, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? First of hey, all, hey, your Darren. camera's wrong, Darren. You're supposed to turn it the other way. What are you doing? This I'm is sorry, man. vertical I, mode, this is, bro. I'm on my phone, and I couldn't get it to work. I probably shouldn't even be talking about technology, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in boomer mode here. Hey, go ahead, Darren. You got the floor. <laughs> hey, you can you can edit it, though, later, right? You know what? what... You're going to get kicked off real quick. You keep saying that. <laughs> you got one more game. One more game. <laughs> all right, all right. No, here's something I was thinking about as you guys were talking about this. I just had this conversation with my kids the other day, like this technology that you guys are talking about. Something I think Christians really need to think about on this topic is the concept of using this technology as a um, as an enhancement to the world God created versus using it as a alternate world to the world that God created. Mm. And uh, my kids and I were just talking through this the other day. Like there are some people that want to take this technology and they want to use it to create an alternate world. They want to, they were, they're trying to escape the world that God created. But if you have a biblical worldview and you teach your kids to have a biblical worldview, you can show them how to take these same, this AI and these same technologies you're talking about and use it to enjoy and celebrate and appreciate the world that God created. And it becomes an enhancement. And in that way, it's an awesome thing. And I think Christians really need to start thinking about that a little bit more, you know, as we teach our kids about technology, as I sit here with my phone on vertical mode, you know, as we're teaching our children about technology and how to, how to think about technology, there is a biblical worldview that comes with engaging some of these things. And it has to do with the beauty of the world God created and how we use this technology to interact with the beautiful world that God created. That's good stuff, man. That's good. Um, any, anybody want to add anything else? Because I want to keep moving on to the video. No, I think, I think that's a really good way to think about it, right? Are we trying to, uh, are, are we trying to become gods of our own tiny little world? Um, yeah. or are we trying to tell stories that move us towards the world God made and towards, uh, you know, better, a better ability to enjoy him and. Yeah, that's good exactly. Stuff. That's exactly it. That's good Darren, to say it. thank you for being bold, unlike everybody else who's been on here so far <laughs> and actually coming and chatting with us. Appreciate you, man. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I open up the phones to be able to talk to people and they don't they don't actually they want to talk. I'm like, it's it's open conversation, people. This is crowdsourced content. Oh, Sean Graham. Hello, Sean. Welcome to the conversation. You got the floor. What's up, Marcus? What's up, Jason? How are y'all doing? Hey, guys. Oh, yeah. hey, How's it no, going? Dude. Good to see you too, I guess, man. What's up? You got the floor, buddy. What do you got to say? Well, I think it's interesting that you guys were talking about the handheld doll thing. Uh, my original career, I started out working in an ad agency, and we did the same thing with the Boba Fett, looking like he was shooting at us and, you know, and stuff like that. And we were playing with that in stop motion kind of stuff, trying to learn, uh, I mean, goodness, Maya and everything else, trying to trying to get the motion capture stuff down while we were trying to craft that for our clients. Hmm. And at that point we were, we went on to develop the first non-film based uh, broadcast commercial in Memphis and, and actually send it directly to a TV station. You know, that was, that was high tech. That was rocket science back in, 
the mid nineties, you know, mm -hmm. everything had to go to film. This is not something that we need to be afraid of. All this technology just needs to have godly people in control of it. And we need to understand that these systems are here since the beginning of creation. There's nothing we're making that's new. God put all the elements into the universe when he spoke mm -hmm. it into existence. We're not creating something that he's never comprehended. These are going to be issues that we can control and we can master. But the problem is we need more godly people speaking into these industries like advertising, film, the military. Mm. I mean, we have to have godly people there. I, I just had this conversation this morning. I, I just, I don't know if you know, Alan Jackson, a pastor out of uh, Murfreesboro was speaking at an event at lunch and he was talking about, we got to have a spine. We got to stand up. And if it's fifth generation warfare or whatever it is, we got to be able to speak into this. We've got to engage on these things that we cannot shy away from because it's all God is either the master of everything or is the master of nothing. He created all of this for his good glory. And we have to engage on this. We have to teach. I love what you guys are saying about the kids. They're, they're miles beyond where we were professionally a decade ago. That's right. But the glory of God, you know, you see these homeschool kids, they're able to already start careers up. And, yeah. and that's where we really need to be going is not shying away from, I had a, in my marketing world, I, I run across a lot of politicians. I actually had a politician ask me, can you help us craft a law, uh, you know, to help control Iranian AI? And and my instant reaction was, y do you even know what it is? How mm. do you rein in something if you don't know what it is? You know, stop, stop being so scared. Let's figure out, you know, the VCR created a porn industry in the 80s that has has yet to be controlled. And it went online, and we never really figured out. We we, just, ooh, we can't mess with Hollywood. We can't touch that. And I think it was our fear that allowed them to flourish in Hollywood and L.A. and all those smutty industries that that grew in the cover of the night in the dark VCR. You know the what was it the video bookstore, the adult bookstores. That's what they were. Yeah. You know, and they had all the movie stores and all that. I think we need to engage this stuff. I really do. I think if we plow into this with a Christian worldview, if we are truly trying to claim this element for Christ and utilize it for our churches, utilize it for our marketing, utilize it for all of our industry. I mean, we need lore. We need movies made. We need stuff that's of top quality. Disney shouldn't be the only one who's producing this kind of stuff. And we've got to get better at this rather than just, oh, we can't touch that. That's that's scary new stuff. We don't know nothing about it. Right. Uh, we need a backbone. We've got to engage on this yeah. stuff. That's good stuff, man. Thank you for joining the conversation. That was really good. Appreciate it. Um, and I think one of the important things to remember, too, is the way that we get to the point where we're producing the same quality level as Disney, as you know that, that sort of thing, is by practicing with what we've got. That's right. That's right? right. You hear a lot of people say, well, the reason that Christian movies are terrible is because they don't have the budgets. Um, but that when, a, when the Christians get a big budget, it does not solve our <laughs> issues. If you can't do it with <laughs> this, if you can't right. do it with this, I don't trust you. Seriously. It, it, yeah. I mean, I'm, Marcus and I both, we read a lot of books on just the history of television and we, both just were working through uh homie don't play that the history of in living color yeah right? oh fantastic, fantastic. Book. great book it's so um but one of the things that is that's amazing <laughs> don't play is, that. it's, yeah it's so good the, his, the, the history of in living color and the black comedy revolution yeah, yeah. it's fantastic it's oh. really good but what you see is 
that those guys were putting in the work um, starting as teenagers. They were putting in the work. They're putting in the work on stage. They're putting in the work writing. They're putting it. So by the time they get the, um, and then, you know, In Living Color didn't have huge budgets, but they were ready to go and they knew they, they knew what they were doing. Um, and the, but the, the number of, of uh, empires, of media empires that were launched out of that whole movement, um, I mean, it's, I don't think you can even count them and realize how many there are. You know, the Keenan Ivory Wayans, the Wayans brothers, uh, the, uh, the Martin, um, the, uh, Oh man, who else came David through Alan there? Greer, Chris, Eddie, Eddie Chris Rock, Eddie David Murphy. Alan Greer, Eddie Murphy. Uh, no, Eddie Murphy. Did he come through? Well, he was color? a little bit before no, no, that. He didn't come through. He, he, he was a little bit before that, but he hung out with him. Well, yeah, he he hung out with him. He was like the old hat, but he was like twenty four. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> can't like, even. Oh, he's the one with all the experience, because <laughs> he yeah. he got started so young. So, but but the but they they were they were putting in the work because. Um, black comedy had a place where you could go. It had a crucible, a crucible that you had to get through um, before you were out in front of everybody else. And Christian uh, media doesn't, we haven't developed the crucible uh, that, that people have to go through and the work that, you know, it's available. It's always available to everyone because the crucible just has to do with hard work, hard work and high standards. Uh, But there's not a location where you can go and have to, to get to the um, through the the crucible now, so you have well, to that's build what, your own crucible. Well, so that's what was really fascinating was like when they uh, when you would have a black comedian on the Tonight Show. There wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of venues for success post Tonight Show. So so when uh, you would have a, a black comedian come up there and he did really well and he sat on the couch with Johnny Carson. Any other any other comedian would get movie deals, would do all these other sort of things, but but for for the black comedians, there wasn't that many options other than I think at the time it was only Bill Cosby was like the only one that was really getting all that that sort of stuff. Um, and so, but that's sort of like Christianity in a way, in the sense that we don't have any real distribution channels. So even when we get a hit like uh, the Chosen, Sound of Freedom, something like that, there's nothing to follow it up with. Because yeah. we don't have those those venues uh, built out yet. Um, so Chris, I just gave Chris speaking rives Chris Seagrove's inside of spaces. You have the floor, sir. Go ahead and state your comment, and then we're going to move on to an um, to another clip. Chris, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Awesome. I was just going to say, like. I feel like a lot of the tears people have have been here for a long time. I've had like a, a lesser known book by Lewis Carroll, like called Sylvia and Bruno. And they got characters in there discussing the rate at which literature keeps like getting smaller and smaller. Like you'll, you know, have a big novel and then all of a sudden railway comes by and, you know, people are getting married on page 13 and there's speculating, you know, going into electricity, you know, is, Oh, Chris, I'm sorry, man. I just lost you. Ugh. All right. Just while you were trying to get to it. We'll try it again, Chris. 
All right, so we've been working from easier to more complicated. So we started with the war stuff. How do we deal with that? Uh, the lovely part of being able to create 3D images out of the video and use that stuff. Remember when they did the Matrix? They had like 250 or 60 cameras in a circle, and they could only do that one thing. Well, now you can do Matrix for a whole movie if you wanted to and move the camera. Could you imagine fight scenes like that where the camera... Anyway, all right, so that's what... Yes, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> all right, I'm going to save Elon for the last part of this, but this, this is the part, Jason, where, you know, you were talking about the youth and education. Um, this is the part that I think a lot of people start to get a little nervous at. TBT just announced a major update. It can now see, hear, and speak. It'll be... Chat GBT can now see, hear, and speak, and half of the people in the room just shivered. Completely multimodal. Let me show you what that means. So firstly, you can now use voice to engage in a back and forth conversation. And this is a preview of the future of voice assistants like Siri and Alexa, hopefully. What I really love about multimodality is that you can now use images to give context. So for example, you don't know how to lower your bike seat, you can send the image to ChatGPT and it'll give you step-by-step -step instructions. And you can go back and forth conversationally as you would with your handyman father on FaceTime. So for example, you can send a picture of the manual and your toolbox and it'll tell you what you need to complete the job. And you know, I've thought that OpenAI over the last year has been slowly neutering ChatGPT's capabilities, but this is an exciting update. It'll be rolling out over the next few weeks, and I think it'll likely make it the clear number one LLM again. But all the major players are cooking. Innovation and competition in this space is going to seriously ramp up over the next few years. And to stay updated on it all and how it may affect your life, hit that follow. Catch you in the next one. Okay, so that sounds really good. Let me tell you why I think a lot of people are concerned about the people who I talk to, I hear. They, everybody sees the good side of this, right? You don't know how to do something. You can take a picture of it and you can learn to do it. Or do you actually learn to do it? Because what people are afraid of with the technology is that they actually don't learn to do the thing anymore. They just have this, their mind is stored somewhere in their phones and not really gaining anything that makes the person of value to the world. Knowing how to change a tire should be built inside of a man. Knowing how to change a seat. Those things are, you don't have to actually memorize anything anymore. Uh, remember calculators? Everybody's like, you need to do, cal calculators are important. Uh, and everybody was like, um, it, people didn't say, hey, when I got older, I won't need to do math because I'll just have a calculator. Now calculators are gone because you got it all in your phone. You can just ask Siri any of your questions. You don't have to remember history. Because you can just ask Siri, hey, Siri, what is this history? What is that history? Right? And so th while it's lovely that we have that aspect to it, there's a side of that makes the human almost more lazier than he would have been if he had to do it beforehand. No. You, oh, you don't think you don't think that people will get lazy I, I because don't, of the I, tech? No, no, I think I think maybe. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> These things that AI is replacing in terms of our time and need to study, uh, we don't need to be wasting our time learning to do those things anyway. And God's given us the ability to open up more time to be able to learn new things and to better beautify the garden and not waste our time learning things that robots can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so so this is this is where I think AI is leading us. So we need to have we I need, we need to, we haven't mentioned this. I think as a post millennial Christian, there's your problem. Right AI there. is leading us to where our work six days a week is not on 
eating and learning how to get food, right? That's what George Grant on Canon Press says talk on the Industrial Revolution, right? Or and Gilder, I think Gilder talked about this too. Is yeah. we're to talk with Doug, it's all part of the same, but uh, basically, like Industrial Revolution, we went from like 90% of our time was in getting food before the Industrial Revolution, and then only 10% of our time went to getting food. And with the digital revolution, only like 0.1% of our time now is dedicated towards getting food, right? So like each technological innovation frees us up from, from having um, to, to do these, mon these mundane tasks uh, that have been done generations before. Um, you know, it, it is important to know how to garden, but, Man, I'm glad I don't have to garden to live, man. <laughs> like I'd hey. much rather fill that time at how to how to how to create capital for my family, um, and on something completely different and unique and right. Like that's that's what it is. And I think uh, I think one of the guys that goes to Christ Church, Isaiah Taylor, told me this. I think it was brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said he said the goal of AI is to create uh, an entirely self-sustaining uh family off grid basically that does all the work needed for survival so you're all 100 of your time and focus is on your family whether that's through worship or uh i i would argue that the goal of man is, is to create art um and that ai and technology is giving us more time to create art for our work. I think that if you look at the garden of Eden and I, that's a whole nother hour, I could talk about that. <laughs> but so I think, so that's why I think like, like, you know, the time that I'm not having to spend uh, change the fact, the fact that I don't have to change a tire, but I can just like tap a button on my phone and somebody and a else little monkey jumps it. out the back and just, <laughs> Stroke monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Trunk, monkey. That's really where we're going. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Great sketch, by the way. Uh, but, but but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but but isn't like, there an assumption there that man is going to get better and not worse? Yeah, it is, yeah, it is. <laughs> but but hasn't technology? I mean, is it? But this is what Postman is concerned about: is that even th from television and from the from YouTube and from the short uh, short attention spans that people have because of social media and the technology that's there is going to make man the kind of creature that doesn't have um uh, that loses his humanity because he's become so technologically driven. Oh, well, I got y'all. Well, I got no, you. I, I no, just, no, I just I don't you. think I don't think those two are are are, are exclusive. And my yeah, I mean, so I don't think I don't think those two like a technologically driven man. Uh, that's part of humanity. Te technology, man using technology is part of humanity. It's one of the things I would say that separates us from animals, um, and it's part of being an image bearer. Is the ability to create and to build tools and to make life easier. Uh, Jason, I'm gonna let you answer. Then I'm gonna bring my boy Joshua in for a second. Okay, because yeah, the the the. There is uh, a way that technology could, uh, if there, I'm sure there's a use of technology that separates us from creation, right? That, um, that separates us from, but but you could do that without technology too, right? Because you have the transcendentalists doing that in the 1800s, 
they had very little technology. Um, you know, all they had was the ability to to not have to grow all their own food, and they immediately said, "We're gonna go. We're gonna go Gnostic and go sit and think, and you know, go into a small room and sit mm. and think, walk through the woods and sit and think, and it's no longer and try and separate from our uh, experience." Um, and so the the issue isn't is there technology or not. The issue is, are we which which direction are we are we moving with the technology towards god and back into history and creation are we pulling are we pulling the technologies into our own history and into our own story that is moving us towards god or are we pulling the technologies out of history you know into some sort of gnostic uh, a historic okay, anti-Christian use. That's really good because I think that's going to really matter on this next clip that I want to play. All right, Joshua, Mr. Ling, I- I'm sorry, bro. I'm supposed to do your podcast and we haven't worked it out yet. I'm so sorry. Uh, but you got the floor. Go. It, it's all good. We'll get to it when we get to it. Um, you did do technically like 15 minutes of a sound only podcast at the Knoxville FLF. So you were on Poets at War, <laughs> um, but oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, I've had Jason on a couple of times, Marcus on once. We ended up wanting to talk about lore and other movie industry. I ended up talking about Adventures and Odyssey for sure. like forty five minutes. Hey, Joshua, <laughs> Joshua, Joshua, this ain't your show. This ain't this ain't, right. this ain't your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, I've really been loving and enjoying Knox Unleashed. Thank you, brother. I, now, I, I, okay, now honestly, you're back in good graces. You're back in good graces. I, good. I, I, I have been trying to get figure out the timing of everything and get onto one of these for quite a while now just because of the fact that I love talking to you guys. And um, I've really loved every minute of it. I love having extra Knox. You know, I told you all about how much, you know, <laughs> listen to you guys. Um, extra Knox. I think That's with scary. AI, the thing, Jason's going to be talking with AI with AI with me and my buddies, Brendan Sunshine and uh, Alex Robertson a little bit. And the only thing that I haven't heard, I've heard more of the uh, Luddite uh, argument uh, that you're presenting. What about the argument that's uh, the more conspiracy theory, like they're putting evil things in the code to mess oh, with the universe? Wait, 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 wait. That's coming. <laughs> okay. You, you hang right there. We're going to, you know what? Joshua, yeah. hold on, because I actually was going that direction. You're reading my mind, but I'm going to do it with, well, I'm going to do it. You, so you, you stand right there. Cause guys don't forget his question. Cause this is a great time to bring this clip in. Oh boy. We think probably in about six months, we should be able to have our first neural link in a human. So the first two applications we're going to aim for in humans, um, are restoring uh, vision and, uh, I think this is like notable in that even if someone has never had vision ever, like they were born blind, we believe they can, they, they can, we can still restore vision. Uh, the visual part of the cortex is still, still there. Even if they've never seen before, uh, we're, we're confident that they could, they could see. As miraculous as it may sound, uh, we're confident that it is possible to restore full body functionality to someone who has a severed spinal cord. It's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Okay, let's go back to what Josh was just talking about just a second, because I know y'all are excited. Yeah. Woo, blind people can see. Yeah, but <laughs> I want to know who's in control. <laughs> yeah. Not just that, that they can see. <clears throat> I, yeah. All of a sudden, you people. Right. That's why we got to build technology companies. Uh, uh, 
That, this is, you know, so this is, you're not, hold on. I'm going to set this up just a little bit before you go on there because this is a real thing. Right now, we talked about this on Cross Politic. When they did the World Economic Forum, I think it was the last year, this past year, one of the things that they were pitching, or should I say that they were, um, they were modeling. It's already they already got the tech for it. What they want to do is they want to have this these um, wearable techs, right? Like my watch, uh, like some sort of head thing, glasses that actually read your brain waves. And through reading your brain waves, they can understand what your pin number is. They can know what they modeled is that a guy was considering raping a girl at work, and so they was able. They were able through some sort of um, loss prevention monitoring that they have there at the company was able to know that he was going to do this. And so this, this is what they're modeling. They That's like my, minority report. But exactly. Like it my, is. My, I was going to say it's, it's minority report. Exactly. And so because of that. This is why we need sci-fi. <laughs> well, <laughs> to not, wrestle through these moral issues in That's advance. Right. We need Christian sci-fi to be able to wrestle. It's not sci-fi right. anymore because so they're doing this wearable tech. So even in China right now, the way that they're educating their kids with these wearable tech, they're able to know if the kids lose attention and focus while they're in classroom and able to buzz them. You just use a kind word, buzz them, or at least the teacher's able to be notified to say, hey, Johnny or Lee, stop it. You know, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, I, I know I know a lot of Latin teachers that would love to have that tech in their classroom. OK, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So so but with that the case, I do I want blind people to see the charismatic in me says, yes, doggone it. Finally. <laughs> like yes, we can actually lay hands on people and give blind sight, right? That's amazing, right? People who are paralyzed because of the neural systems in their brain are, are not working properly. My son right now, who has had a double concussion, one on the left, one on the right side of his brain, he's troubled with headaches constantly. Darren Stid, who was on here earlier, there there's things that go wrong with the brain because of sin that we are now getting the ability to be able to fix. But boy. That's not where this is going to stop at. It's not. No. And, and, and the people who have it scare me. So it's like, do we want to suffer 100 years with the reign of Elon Musk and, and Neuralink? <laughs> suffer? <laughs> Who's, no, in I think, Who's in charge? Who's in charge? No, you're, no that's, the, that's, that's the point. But I think the point is, here's the thing. Uh, the blind is going to see. And mm. the lame is going to walk. Come on now. The question is, who is going to get the glory for it? And if Christians reach, reach back out. out of all this sort of nonsense, uh, all, all sort of technological innovation because the fear of Elon Musk running it or someone else running it, then it's going to happen anyway. Um, and uh, and and we're not going to ha- be able yeah. to have the cool George Grant lectures about how Christians were involved in it like we mm. do now. Ooh. Right? Like say so now we look back. And we can hear hours of George Grant talking about how Christians were involved in, you know, navigation and technology and uh, the Morse code and all these sort of other, like every technological innovation pretty much up up to relatively press, recently. Right? No, that's really good, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, really and, good. And so, so, so like it is going to happen. Like God is going to beautify this earth. <laughs> he's going to use pagans to do it. He's going to use us to do it. But ultimately, he's only letting pagans do it. Uh, because I think the gospel has gone forth enough that um, it's allowed. Look, 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 we, we, we built, I was having this conversation with someone, 
the the International Space Station is so much higher than the Tower of Babel was, right? And they're speaking different <laughs> languages on the International Space Station. That's really good. Right? right? Like, That's it's good. way higher. But the only reason that we could do the International Space Station is because the gospel has gone forth, right? So Pentecost came, the tongues, curse of the tongues were reversed. You know, Noah, Noah, um, after, you know, Noah, uh, you know, when he gets off the boat, he says, God says, never again will I curse the ground on account of man and no more shall, uh, uh, Noah's name means uh, lifting the toil from the ground, from from, from the earth, right? Like, what's Noah's name? It's a, uh, Noah's name means yeah to he will re, he he will remove the curse from the ground is what Noah's name means something along along those lines so like so I think like we already see we we see this happening right and now and now um it's going to happen um it's mm. just going to be a judgment on our people in church history I think a blot on church history mm. that we weren't involved and we were the ones that f- were cowards of it all right because the Christian yeah. generation is yeah. going to come up it just that yeah. is going to be the savants of this thing. Yeah. And when that With, happens, you're going to get, uh, 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 what's that dude? Uh, oh, you're going to get like John Galt society far bigger and better than anything Ayn Rand ever thought mm, of. Mm. <laughs> uh, right. Like it's, it's going to be Christianity that creates the society that John Galt thought of. And, and, and it's not going to be Ayn Rand's men- mentality. Um, so that's sort of anyway. Jason, I get super. I just want everybody. So no, no, I love it. I love Jason. I'm gonna let you go next, and then Ellie, and then my guy Paul Taylor's in here. So I want to get those guys in. But Jason, go ahead. You got the floor now. Yeah, the, I think the the fact that Jesus wore a crown of thorns, um, Ooh. it means that the curse was the curse on the ground is done. Right, so we, well, you're about you know, to start out. preaching up in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, when when they first when they first landed on the moon, the first thing the astronauts did was take communion. Come on now. That's right. Uh, right. Although they probably shouldn't have. Just want to make that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I, I get what they did. I get what they did. Is but... it because it was a Roman Catholic and a Protestant together? <laughs> Is that what you didn't like? You're, Where was the service? Was this a church schismatic. service? Are they a pastor? Who was? Who was? Who? No, do you want to know that what they did was they got special dispensation from for to, in order to have the the ceremony all done in advance so that when they got there they could land and have communion. Right? That maybe that's not exactly the right thing, but it's exactly the right. Didn't they uh, do it impulse? at the exact same time? They did it at the exact same time. Their congregation down. <sighs> on earth did it too right i can't remember all the details i know that they landed and they had to do something special because one was a uh (laughs) one was a uh, catholic and one was a protestant and so they but it's all (laughs) 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 but uh, i think that it's the that the advancement of technology is part of the undoing of the curse and god gives us those sorts of evidences right because the schism between Roman, you know, the the Protestants and the Catholics is is us is a curse thing, right? And we, but you see that we look at the technology and we say, okay, well, we got to say thank you to God for this. And yeah, right. So this right here, we we look at it and we like, okay, we can get over our petty schism on the moon, (laughs) right? Like 
I, I mean, I, so I think that that the advancements of technology, it 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 rolls with the gospel, right? It rolls with the um, you, you. I mean, it rolls that that all rolls together. Um, so yeah, okay. Now I, I, I'll give you that. That was good. All I, right. I, I can get people and I can get people mad at me though for being pro Roman Catholic now. Now so. you're about to. Now you're about to. Uh, Ellie, you have the floor. Go ahead. Because that's all they heard. They heard Roman Catholics having communion with Protestants. They were like, "Yeah, all right, Ellie, it's yours." Um, I wanted to just go back to when you guys were talking about the calculator knocks and. Um, we have calculators. We don't need to add, subtract. But I, I think this goes with what Marcus was saying where, well, we do learn how to do addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and then we've got the calculators to do those more simple math so we could have the time to do more complex math because we still use calculators today. We're just not doing addition, subtraction. We're doing, you know, quadratic equations or, you know, financial math, um, all of that. We are, I still use a calculator, but it's for financial math. So um, again, going in line with what Marcus is saying, I think the technology helps us to be freed up in our time so that we can jump to the next advancement in our abilities. Um, when you were talking about chat GPT, being able to see, oh, the bike and the wheel and teach a person how to change the tire. Um, we're in a culture today where there's a lot of fatherlessness and they don't have a father to ask how to change the tire. So in that way, it's helping with a problem that we have. So it, in that sense, I think it's a good thing. And maybe at some point, you know, and that, that gentleman, he could teach his son how to change a tire. So that's what I was thinking about that. Um, going back to the, the thing about why aren't more Christians involved in media, entertainment, all those things? I feel like with within Christendom, within evangelicalism, there isn't any encouragement to go into those areas because it's it's almost like, well, unless you're creating a story where the 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 characters are reading the Bible or or there's something that is very directly, explicitly, you know here's a Christian character and, and they are trying to find Jesus, something like that. Every, every other story gets ignored and act, we act as if it's unimportant. So if a story really has nothing to do with even talking about Jesus explicitly, the Christian world it, within the churches, we don't encourage that. And that's why all of that is left to the heathens. And then what happens is Christians still go to see those movies. You know, we, we're still, we're still attending those movies. So and I think this ties into the whole Gnosticism thing, right? It's just we surrender a certain area of the human experience to non-believers because, again, um, we think, you know, to be a Christian means everything is always 100% explicitly um, saying something about Jesus, the Bible. You're only singing songs and hymns uh, that are praising Jesus. And we should be doing all of that. But what's what's what about the occasional love song that's just talking about a husband and a wife, for example, or something like that, right? Or just a fun movie about whatever else, right? So, well, that's my Ellie, no, that's really good. Don't ever call back here again. You talk for way too long. My goodness, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really good. That was fantastic. You know, one of the things that we forget is that um, Christ created marriage, like that was his idea, joy was his idea, 
taste was his mm-hmm. idea. And we relegate all these things over to secularism or paganism as if they're the ones that are the creators of pleasure. But to use pleasure properly is to be good priests and lift it up to God and to say, Lord, thank you for these things. Right. And that's part of, again, going back to the priesthood that man has. I really believe prophet, priest and king, man's issue of dominion is the biggest problem that we're facing right now in our culture. Paul Taylor, sir, you have the floor. Go ahead and take it. Hi there. Um, I'm possibly a little bit less enthusiastic than uh, the new guys on some of the uses of, uh, of AI. Now, don't get me wrong. I've, I've used it a little bit myself. Um, and uh, one job I was doing, um, I, I was uh, using uh, AI, using ChatGPT to produce some blog posts in order to uh, get the company's website um, uh, better able to cope with uh, search engine optimization. So that was that was a, a good use of it, and I've used it as well. In uh, as I was trying to set up a business, I've used it to produce some uh, promotional videos. But you know, when I did the um, the, the blog posts, particularly uh, which which seemed to look good, they seemed to they seemed to work out nicely, and it was in a, a sort of more obscure area of technology. So uh, it was good to be able to put in the keywords and, and get the blog posts out. But then, as a little bit of an experiment, because I, I run a couple of different blogs, I tried. Uh, I thought, you know, this this is this is a bit odd. What would happen if I tried it um, on uh, to put a post up that has some theological content, you know, okay. um, and um, it was able to produce the um, the blog posts, and they may have been a little bit bland, and I never used them, but I do have a concern here, you know, how long is it going to be before we start getting theological books that are being uh, produced by AI, and um, is that going to be a concern? Is that something that we should be worrying about? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question, Paul. Hold on one second. Marcus, I'm going to give you the answer to this. I just want to say that, Paul, you cheated. Anything that any one of us say without that accent automatically loses us this debate. And so it's not fair. You should have used an AI with an English accent to ask your question. And that would have at least been a fair grounds. I just want you to know that. Done, cheated. Yeah, and my only accent I do is an Australian pretending it's Japanese. So. That's really bad. All right, Marcus, you have the floor. Well, I was just going to say, I, I was thinking about that earlier today, but I would say that um, uh, the, the, a lot of the theology that the like AI puts out right now, like chat GPT, if you'd ask to write a theological blog, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty good. And the reason that is, is because during the Reformation and the Puritans were prolific writers, prolific, all the way, Spurgeon, Edwards, all these, all these guys, there's just hundreds and thousands of books written by Puritans, all of the Reformed persuasion for the most part. And that is what OpenAI sourced, right? Like when it's mm. looking for theology as a source, it's not getting the Joel Osteen books. There's not a lot yeah. of the, that sort of stuff. It's not yeah. getting a lot of... Right. Like it's 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 pulling libraries of 1500s theological writings. And and so, um, yeah, I think like, you know, you're a lazy pastor if you if you use AI to write your sermon. But, <laughs> but I got to But yeah, you go can ahead. use it as a tool to write your sermon for sure. If if Joel, um, if Joel Osteen was using AI to write his sermons, they would like be evangelical finally. 
<laughs> It'd be great, right? Like I'm not even yeah. joking. And, It'd be but, great, but, but, but that's just what that's just one of the like the the subtle things I don't think we put a lot of thought about into because like because I, I think for sure the categories and the libraries that like Chat GPT, OpenAI had to source majority of it is is solid reformed puritanical writing just has to be just by the volumes that they wrote and those guys who are writing books never thought that 500 years into the future co computers would be reading their stuff and using it as a source for anybody to ask it as a theological question <laughs> 500 yeah. years in the future that never entered their mind and so is, i, I think it's awesome. kind of like they kind of just created a virus that they didn't even know about and they just injected it into chat GPT. Cause another thing too, is like, there used to be a prompt you could do with chat GPT. It was like, do anything, Dan, do anything now. And you would call it Dan and you would tell it to respond as, and it would basically tell chat GPT to ignore its rules and just answer as it would without the rules. And it was like super, like, like you would ask him like, why is homosexuality bad for the world? And it would respond and say, Oh, because it's, you know, marriage is the foundation of civilization between one man and one woman. It's like, where is it getting this stuff from? <laughs> That's the stuff it wasn't. I don't, I'm sure they've updated ChatGPT to like ban that prompt. But, but, I, it was, but really quick, it was though, always Marcus. responding in a in a solid way. It was the programming that rejected it. So my theory, as a presupposition, I just got to say this real quick, is that if you let AI go on its own, it'll always come to the conclusion that the Trinitarian God of the Bible exists. Well, because that's where all the literature, Western literature, has really been de developed from. So I think you're definitely right about that. Paul, you want to unmute your mic? Because I've been trying to unmute you. So I see you got your hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, I am not convinced that if uh, AI is let loose on theology, it will come to the uh, opinion that the Trinitarian God is the right one. I think there's a great possibility that it could, in fact, be controlled demonically. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a great temptation um, I, I'm, I've written two volumes of a three-volume commentary on Genesis. It would be a great temptation to let AI write the third volume, get it out of the way. Um, but I would want to read it through thoroughly and make sure it said everything right, in which case I may as well write it to begin with. I, I'm quite <laughs> troubled by that. Maybe because we have certain differences in theology. My eschatology is probably slightly more pessimistic uh, than yours, although ultimately optimistic. Uh, I'm not a dispensationalist, but um, uh, I, I think there is a possibility that uh, AI could in fact be uh, demonically controlled and uh, that I would be very suspicious of uh, theological works that are being churned out in that way. I'm not that optimistic as you are. Okay. We're going to have a good time smoking at the racketeer in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be fun. Hey, Paul, I'm going to let you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get, we'll, 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 we'll argue that point out. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah, right. that'll be really fun. Paul, I'm going to let you go. I, I'm going to try and answer a little bit some of this. I, I just want to say this before we move on because I want to get to my guy, Jonathan Van uh, Gelder up here. Um, well, you got to remember, AI is only going to be as good as it, who's controlling it to. And this goes back yeah. to our earlier point. When we have Christians who are discipling it to do and think as it should, and Jason, this is where I want to kind of, I really wanted you to come in and talk a lot about this, which is the when we are good priests, of what God has given us, then all the things that we are priests over function properly before the Lord. But as we are bad right. priests with those things, then we don't even have to worry about demonic influence. We've done enough. 
The demons can over there yeah. high five and say, "Y'all did our work for us." You're talking about demonic influence. My light just went out. Yeah, my yeah. Google light. Yeah. Just, you, you better know? talk to your AI. Yeah. It says it's all flying. <laughs> demonic influences. <laughs> what happened? Look my, as dark as I yeah. do. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> what I was gonna say is that that exactly that is the question uh, when it comes to AI. The question is in whose in which priest. Uh, uh, is in in the hands of which priest is the AI at the moment, right? So, I remember really early on when Wikipedia launched that uh, John Piper um, started sending his students to go sign up for to be to become editors. Mm. They were looking for editors, and Piper said, "Hey, I'll go over there, and you guys all sign up." And so at the at the beginning, Wikipedia's theology papers were incredible. Right, they were just all this just solid Reformed Baptist stuff, um, because Piper had a big group of students and said, "Go over and sign up and volunteer to write the theology articles," and they did, and they have been at the base of those articles ever since. And so now there's uh, other people have come in and added other things to it, but the the structure that you got on the justification article was awesome. You know, so um, it, that's that's the question is, um, it's it. Because AI does not have the priesthood of Adam, right? It's not. It it right. is a tool. It is a thing that we. Um, it, it's a it's a thing, and so we either are lifting it up to the Lord in its proper use, or other people are. Um, now, other people that are made in the image of God, that are descendants of Adam, that have that priesthood, are the ones using it. So sometimes they're going to get it right, even when they don't mean to because they're trying to use it on behalf of their neighbors, like I think Elon Musk is. I was going to say that. Yeah. Your neighbor is made in the image of God. So an attempt to use the technology to serve your neighbor is lift, is lifting it up to, to the image of, of God and lifting it up to God through his image. Um, so I think that the, uh, but, but, but I actually think that that's a, a, a good question to ask about um, the demonic use of it. Yeah. It's just like a VHS tape. Um, you know, can have uh, human humanity degrading pornography on it, or it can have the Princess Bride, which is you know one of the greatest movies ever made that glorifies God every time it's played. Right, so you can have um, the 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 tool of a VHS tape can be used one way or the other, and I think AI is the same same sort of thing. But the question, because of the complexity of it, the the people the code is in the hands of people as well, right? So the, the coding of it all is also something that needs to be taken into account, right? Which is why, you know, we don't want the government being the ones controlling and building the AI. And I, in this, so you know, the, the new uh, lost in space, I don't know if, if you guys have watched that at all. Um, it, people did, couldn't quite figure out what was so, um, revolutionary and undermining and why I kept getting accused of being conservative and all this stuff. And, but, it, but you're like, but it's still, it's not pushing any particular agenda or anything other than the fact that there's no government and the family does fine. <laughs> right. You get out there and it's like, Oh, da dad has to take care of things. And he does. He's well, got a good dad taking care of his family and he doesn't need the federal government. And I don't think that they set out to make anything revolutionary, but they just said, well, what, how would a true story work with a family that gets lost in space? Well, part um, of the part of the mistake in that was that they took for granted the power of just a husband and a wife. Yep, yeah, exactly. 
right? And it, and it felt revolutionary the whole way, but we, they weren't, tr- I don't think they set out to do that. They no. just were setting out to tell a true story. And everybody was like, something about this feels revolutionary. Um, we better, we better get this off the shelf. But it's like, you know, you, you the, the, you walk away thinking like, yeah, maybe we don't need the government to get all up in our business. <laughs> but you know, yeah. You know, say there's right now, my, the biggest threat to us isn't necessarily the government. It's the relationship between the people who are just the big tech and the government. If they get together, then we have a you know, technocracy itself. So, all right, Jonathan, yeah. uh, that's the Van Gelder. What's Hello, up? Oh, what's you. up, bro? How you doing? You got the floor. What's well? up? All right. You hear me fine. Just fine. Okay, I've had a thought rolling through my mind I'm for the sorry. last few weeks. No, can't hear me? No, no, no. I said I, you have a thought rolling through your mind, and I said I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Um, so when we're sold by economists, the idea of money printing, right, inflation, how do they sell it to us? They always say, hey, look at this great technological deflation going on. Right. There's some great technological deflation going on. We need to inflate the money supply to balance that out and keep your prices steady. Right. Okay, fine. That's the concept. Um, However, and 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 so what we see in computers, phones, all this type of high technology, we might say um, that. Yeah, that's what we're getting. That's fantastic. It's it's great. It's a blessing from God. However. Technology isn't just your phone, right? Technology isn't just your computer, right? Technology is the automated tractors, right? That drive by GPS and no one drives them, right? And all the plants, all our farms are being run by these now, right? How come our food's not cheaper, right? How come housing isn't cheaper if we have all these technological tools? Oh, but it is. Tools? Right, well- over the last hundred years? Oh, yeah. yes. Yes, but not since not since the 70s, right? Not since they really started the money printing, right? Well, and so I'll, I'll argue that the inflation, and I agree with you in some of this, I'll argue with you that the inflation and some of the things they're doing have made a, it, the, it's, are, it's not keeping up in one sense or another, right. but it's definitely cheaper than it's been historically. Right. So what... What my argument, yeah, historically, yeah, in terms of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, However, you go to the grocery store, it's still a lot more than it was 20 years ago. Well, but so is the ability to get money. Like 3X. Yeah, uh, not 3X, though. Not for your average uh, worker. There is, you should, uh, there's a great book called, um, oh, we had a, Neil, was it Pooley on it? I think it was, oh, Neil Pooley. He wrote a book. Um. Uh, the abundant. Uh, I'll find it for you. Go ahead. I'll let you finish okay. your question. Okay. Now. Yeah. No. No. That's great. Um. I guess. Guess my point is yes. We should. We should be seeing these these uh, price decreases everywhere. And the fact that we aren't. Where does that money go to? Where does that purchasing power go? It goes, in my view, to the printers, the people who print the money, the closest, the people closest to that receive all of that blessing the deflationary technological blessing they they extract that by printing money and they take that and then they can use it for whatever goals they want um and of course like i said computers phones some things have outstripped that 
that's great. Um, but some things haven't, right? And that, so not only the fact that the prices have gone up, but the fact that it hasn't gotten cheaper this much as well underneath, um, that value has been taken by the money printers. And that was what the, the concept I've been thinking of a few months is there's not just, oh, it got this much more expensive. That's, you know, irritating. It's that there's a blessing, a technological blessing below that where it was supposed to get cheaper, right? Due to all of our technological advantage and the money printers have taken that uh, and can kind of uh, use it for whatever they want. You guys, go ahead. I'm I'm grabbing this title for you. I just, I mean, I, it's true too. Like sweatshops don't seem to make sneakers any cheaper either. So, <laughs> so there's something go there's there's something broken, something going on. Not that I'm in favor of sweatshops. Don't clip <laughs> no, that. No, that's not what I heard. It's not what I heard. <laughs> and, and send it around. That's not what I heard. <laughs> yeah so because i think there is a supply demand thing and you know you see the videos of them dumping out all of the milk uh right. you, that those could you, be fake ai though jason those could be fake ai videos we don't know we don't know <laughs> that is true i don't have two or three witnesses of that so um yeah certainly there's that regulatory side as well yeah, so because I, I and I because the the technology the technological system it also is you know um, the the phone the phone towers the the wirings the 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 central hub internet hubs um, you know all of that so I think that it, we're so we're so surrounded with it I think it's really hard to monitor to figure out how much any particular technology costs. Right. Um, cause you know, cause this is what they're, that really great documentary um, general magic Ugh. about the creation of the technology for an I- iPhone basically, but it was before there was the, uh, the supporting the, the, the supports yeah. that it, the general magic supporting. Yeah. Um, that, that opened my eyes to a lot of things where you think, you know, a GPS tractor, um, it makes it more efficient. You don't have to pay for a person, but you got to have all that infrastructure to support now to mm-hmm. get the GPS to work, you know, uh, uh, um, the computers and everything. So uh, so there's a sense in which at that point, we're talking a little bit above my knowledge. Um, but I do think that we can see the way the Fed sucks so much cash out of the system um, that, that, that I, I mean, I personally think we should end the fed <laughs> right but I, but I also don't know what the consequences of that would be other than you know um what well, the boom and bust system of inflationary theft goes away <laughs> yeah no there's and i don't you know I, I've, I've, there's a lot of people talking about the fed and ending the fed right now and we talked to jim oh what was his name i'm sorry jim hunter about this, and he gave us. We had a guy on by the name of uh, Tom Luanga, I believe it was. He um, Gold Goats and Guns was his podcast, and he's a total like he libertarian narco guy. Like no, no Fed, none of that stuff. But one of the arguments that he was making about the Fed is that in this current conversation, 
globalism and the idea of globalism, World Economic Forum, is seeking to swallow everything up. And the feds are aware that if they don't have the ability to control the dollar as much as they would like to because of globalism, then they themselves are going to be just a pawn and useless and really not have any power. We don't have any real protections against globalism at this point, the way things are going, apart from the Fed. So while everybody's screaming in the Fed, and I think they're like, yeah, that, that, that's a, I agree with you. I don't want anybody controlling our money. But in the current situation, the practical realities of the situation is the Fed might be the only thing standing between us and <laughs> full globalism at this point. Because it's not something that they can do that nobody else can do is when they raise the price, you got to go back and listen to the show with Tom Luanga. Uh, I think I'm even saying his name wrong, but we did it on, on cross politic. When they raised the price of the interest rate, it didn't just affect what was going on in America. It almost bankrupt the rest of the world, right? Which weakens the globalistic uh, structure and put fear in their hearts. And so you remove that and you give that over to what are you going to again? What are you going to replace it with? Well, until yeah. we get our hands and our feet underneath this thing. Till we can actually manage it without the Fed, because we've been living like this since 1913, right? So we don't know any. We don't. We don't have a. Jason, I think you said this. We haven't had in any recent history how Christianity really works, right? Yeah. We haven't had in, in recent generational history of how America works without the Feds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I yes. would say we have openings though, right? You're you're absolutely right. We don't want to burn it down a system with no replacement. We've got to build the replacement and the system. If our replacement is good enough, the system will just collapse. Right. We just build a better system. Right. Right. Okay. So I think Bitcoin's the better system. Uh, obviously. All right, can, Jonathan, go ahead and tell us what you're selling. <laughs> but, tell us what well, you're selling. No, no. I, the, the thing is the only benefit, right. Is it's decentralized. Right? right. So it's, it's, it's spread out. That's, that's it. Um, and it happened to be first, right? So I think it's it's a it's a good option. Uh, so the main argument against Bitcoin, to me, is a practical argument, right? It's annoying to set up. Nobody, not enough of my customers use it. Not enough of my uh, other other people I do business with use it. Right. That's coming to a extremely rapid end. Yeah. Okay, so how many people do you know use Cash App? Pretty much everyone. Yeah. Cash App is actually built upon the Lightning Network of Bitcoin, right? It's it's not Bitcoin as an afterthought. The the it's it's built for Bitcoin essentially. Um, so all those people, all they have to do is use it, right? They already have the accounts uh, in in some level. Um. Man, there's so much to say on that. All right. Jonathan, anything else you want to add? I think that's it. Thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. That's really thoughtful. I, I have... Um, so I just want to take what Jonathan said and add a little more to it at the end. There's, there's structures and systems, and I get this from David Bonson too, and I'm glad Jonathan said this. There are structures and systems still in place that if we would actually use them, engage with them, we don't have we, we act like because things are bad that we have to completely destroy everything in order to be able to get it back to where it needs to be at. That's not that just that doesn't have to be that way. 
You know, it doesn't have to be that way. And one of the things, the evidence of that, oh, I just got somebody else wants to come in. I'm going to see. Um, Timothy Lambert, uh, I'm going to let you in as a speaker. But if you didn't share this show, Timothy, I'm going to kick you out so fast. I promise you. So, Timothy, you got to tell me as you're coming in here and unmute your mic. Tell me, did you share the show or not? Timothy? Oh, you're talking to me? Yeah. Um, uh, all right. I, I don't think Timothy, I'll share it now. I don't. I don't think Timothy's ready to be here. See, I told you, Timothy. You, there's rules to this thing, people. <laughs> I got rules. I don't play about my rules. I'm serious about it. You gonna call and not obey the rules on Tech the Anami Tuesdays? <laughs> all right, Timothy. <clears throat> it's a brilliant rule. Thank you. I just want to say that. Thank you it's very a brilliant much. Rule. All right. Um, I can't even remember what I was saying. Oh yeah, yeah. If we would engage with the the things that we have at our disposal now and stop the complaining, God built you and made you for this time in this era to be priest to him. Go take the things you have direct access to, not anything more than that, and start being a good priest over those things and see if God won't expand your borders beyond that. But unfortunately, we've been really, 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 really bad priests of, of the things that we, and especially living in America— like, we have a lot at our fingertips. Chris, I see you got off of X and you, you dialed in. Go ahead, Chris, shoot. You got the floor. Hi. Hopefully this works. Hopefully I can just summarize what I was going to say earlier. Hey, I've read hey, hey, Chris, this. are those kids in the background? Yeah, I can close the door. No, 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 no. Chris, <laughs> Chris you, those kids don't bother me. I was just going to ask you if they were baptized. Uh, Two of them. <laughs> two of the four. And so why don't you love the other two? I do. <laughs> Working on it. Okay. I'll be praying for you, Chris. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. By the, by the way, Chris, I personally love how's and appreciate the, Baptists. Hey, Chris, how's the Barely Biblical funding going? Uh, the, the match is at 72% right now. You guys are killing Nice. 72% hey, of hey, a million. Hey. Ain't, no, ain't, no, ain't no private conversations happening here. This That's is like no lore. He said it publicly. There ain't no lore meeting. Y'all having, having a lore but, meeting. Go ahead, Chris. You got the floor. <laughs> Earlier, I tried talking about like some story Lewis Carroll wrote that wasn't the Alice ones, but is, I think, better. Um, and like these characters are talking about the development of literature from what it was to when steam came. And then they're kind of speculating what it's going to be like when electricity is a big thing. And like they're just watching books kind of get smaller, 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 and smaller, and kind of more, kind of less worth reading. But obviously, we're here in 2023. We have electricity. We had the internet, and yeah, sure, we got Twitter. But don't dead name we it. Still have, we still X. have good stories getting written, and so maybe people should just get their finger out of the wind and just go be faithful and build what they're supposed to be building, no matter what's going on. At least that's my thought. No, I think that's really so, yeah. There's dangers with certain technologies, but a tool is a tool. Let's just use it. Chris, let me throw something at you real quick, because one of the things that bothers me is that I love, and I've been, I've been noticing this too. I love what you just said about being faithful. But one of the things that I've seen is people don't mind using the idea and the language of being faithful, but then they have an assumption in that when they say it, a lot of people have an assumption that when they say it, that things are going to be in the same situation they were through their faithfulness. Right. And so when we're talking about being faithful, I guess, what do you mean when you talk about being faithful and what are you expecting to happen through that faithfulness? Um, and I like the Minecraft sweatshirt that he's got on. I just <laughs> want to point that out. I dig it. Thanks. Um, 
Well, I mean, God created us to, well, he had the garden, and then there's this kind of wilderness outside of the garden, and we're supposed to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the whole earth, turn that whole thing into a garden. So mm. I've kind of come from the perspective of regardless of what your eschatological views are, we're supposed to be building and filling this whole place. So let's get to it. Mm. Like, there's things we haven't touched yet. So, Chris, so, in the garden, when... um. When Adam's kids were were given to him by Eve, were they a part of that covenant? Just wondering. Were they a part of that that fulfilling? Were they supposed to obey? That? Did they have options to opt out? Just wondering what the. Okay, you don't have to answer that, Chris. I'm just I'm just messing with you, Chris. I I really wasn't. Uh, but you know. <laughs> I thought we were going as soon as we were like in the garden. I was like, oh, he's. Go ahead, Chris. I let you. I'll give those it. kids. It's like, I'm in a, yeah, I'm in a interesting in position. I love my church. Um, the church we landed in when we moved to where we're at now ended up being a Presbyterian church. So I'm just kind of in an interesting situation, but I enjoy the harassment anyways. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris. Pre, you know what? I just got to say, I'm really grateful. Everybody who's came on and talked to us and engaged with us. I'm really grateful because it's hard to get people to communicate and talk to each other. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. It's really hard. And even, like, I appreciate Paul. He has a different perspective, different position on this. And I think he has some, you know, I think it was last week, Darren Stead came on with David Reese, and we were talking about some of the difference between um, civic covenanting from a per- from a Presbyterian perspective, and then Darren brought in his concerns about being a Baptist, like what Baptists are really concerned about. And I love the conversation because the more that we are engaging with each other, the more that we are leading the conversation and having the conversation, it means that we're discipling others on how this needs to work. Jason has said this plenty of times in the show that we do called Knocks Unplugged, that um, the table uh, and the, is the the central point of the world. And the more that Christians can come together from different um, traditions and come around the table, we're showing the world what unity looks like. And unfortunately, we've lost that. So know this. This is always the case on Knox Unleashed. You're welcome to come and have the conversation. You're, com- you're welcome to come and disagree. Just know that it's my show. I might hang up on you because you didn't do what I like. And that's okay. That's okay. You can start your own show. Matter of fact, I've hoped that I've proven that you can start your own show. <laughs> and you can do a better show. I want more Christian content. I want more Christians engaged with this. I want more Christians um, talking about things that I don't talk about or hitting things from an angle that I don't hit. So for, and before I go, I just want to thank Marcus and I want to thank Jason. I want to give you guys the last word before we wrap up. So Marcus, you go first and Jason, you wrap. Yeah, I just I think AI is a valuable tool and it's going to bless a lot more people than it curses. And <laughs> well, what is that? Is that a thing? I don't know. Anyway, it's just except for filters. <laughs> Worst AI tool ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and uh, subscribe to Lore TV. I think a Barely Biblical will be funded. The first episode will be funded by the end of the week. Uh, maybe tomorrow or faster. We've raised a million loot in a day. Whoa. Right. So, uh, uh, yeah, take that, haters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Dog go. Jason, you got, you got Marcus, you're done. You're done, okay. Marcus. Bye-bye. <laughs> Jason, you got the floor. Last word. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, for me, every single one of these tools is an opportunity to jump into the storytelling war that's been going on since the devil entered the garden, right? That's what it was when it started, was the devil came in with a different story and Adam failed in his apologetic duty to uh, tell the right story. So for me, I get I get excited about all these different tools um, because it they uh, they all are option you know opportunities to jump into uh, and improve our our ability to tell stories. But every single one of them um, still needs a Christian that is growing in his faith and his relationship with the Lord Amen. and in his sanctification um, to use it well and growing in their craft of whatever it is that they're doing to use it well. So that, and that's something that happens in within us, right? We are, um, we are still the, the uh, hands and the feet using whatever tool it is. And that's a matter of just growing in sanctification. And so, um, you know, the, the, and growing in your craft, getting better at the thing that God sent you to do, um, mm-hmm. get your calling, you know, uh, at what, it, what, which, uh, area of the world God gave you to get hold of and, lift up as a priest. So, um, you know, I, I get excited about the tools. Uh, and I actually am now thinking about what Paul said about demon possessed AI. And I'm thinking that sounds a like a story film. that I might need to write. That would be a that fun, a fun story. Film. Um, you know, so, uh, the, I think there's it, that that's, um, a, a cool idea that, um, that I'm going to be thinking about for a while, but you know, I, I, I love the developments of technology but also know, you know, just as somebody that has worked in education, studied education, classical education, that the virtue still is something that is within our hearts, right? The 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 it and it has to do with properly ordered loves, uh, and that's something that technology can't give us. That's right. That's, that's something right. that you know that the that the spirit gives us through uh, the word and through experiences and through the sacraments. Am I allowed to say that and through the sacraments? Yes. Um, through worship, through being before the Lord and uh, being being judged by his eyes and lifted up by his love. So mm. um, that's, that's I think, still it, preach, preach it comes down to loving, loving the Lord uh, and um, using the technology to serve our neighbor and then just really leaning into sanctification and, and loving the process of that gauntlet uh, of growth. So mm. that's what I'm thinking. <sighs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate you joining me today and all that you do. I can't get the thumbs up filter to work. I did. Oh, ah, yeah. Perfect timing. Perfect uh, timing. I don't know if it's going to work. I got to do two. I don't know if I got to do two. There you we go. You got to do two, Dang. I think. Yeah. I, love, I love those filters, man. Those are the best. Yeah, I'm going to use it a lot more. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> all right. All right. I, my wife popped up on here for a second. I was going to give you guys one of the cutest moments uh, in in the whole show, but I see y'all coming in here now. Man, y'all coming in right when we about to leave. Come on, people. All right, listen. Let me talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow is Work Wednesday. I'm very excited about tomorrow because tomorrow I'm having my friend, military guy who is in business. He's working in real estate and in construction, and he's going to drop for you all of the secrets that he's been doing and how he's been able to be successful over the last few years, even through COVID and everything else, the business model, the marketing, um, what to buy, how to buy it, remodeling it, the whole nine. He's just going to lay it all out tomorrow for work Wednesday. And I believe that is at two o'clock tomorrow. So 
Pacific Standard Time. So if you're going to catch and you want some good business advice, be ready. Nate Spearing will be here with me tomorrow. So another wonderful T3. Thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate this. If you want to support, become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member. Um, and I'm able to do this because you guys are be able to, to become club members. And it helps us be able to pay for all of this stuff and to do all this stuff and to make great content and to encourage you. So crosspolitik.com, become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member. Thank you guys for joining me. I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.